And action. But what pitch is it? Pitch number four. (laughs) Oat milk, kale, chia seeds, matcha, acai. For a while, nobody was talking about these ingredients. Then, in an instant, they were in everybody's fridge. Not because they were new, necessarily, but because they were trends fueled by really good marketing. Claire Smith wants to do the same thing with an ancient Ethiopian grain called teff. If you've never heard of it, you're not alone. But this founder aims to change that. Can this one-woman show convince investors that teff is the new quinoa? Or is it just too teffy to tango? I'm Josh Muccio. Welcome to The Pitch, where real entrepreneurs pitch real investors for real money. I'm Neil Salas Griffin, Managing Director here at Techstar Chicago, and I'm happy to welcome you all to my city. I'm Elizabeth Yin, and I'm a general partner at Hustle Fund. I'm Charles Hudson, Managing Partner, Precursor Ventures. I'm Phil Nadell. I'm the Managing Director of Forefront Venture Partners. I'm Jillian Manis, Managing Partner of Structure Capital. The pitch for Tefola is coming up after this. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. The information provided on this show is not intended to be investment advice and should not be relied upon as such. The investors on today's episode are providing their opinions based on their own assessment of the business presented. Those opinions should not be considered professional investment advice. Oh, yeah. There she is. Hi. Good morning. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Good morning. My name is Claire Smith, and I am the founder of Tefola. We're all supposed to eat healthier food, right? I mean, how many times have you told your kids or your spouse, try this? It's good for you. Well, you're not alone. The naturally healthy foods market reached $279 billion last year. And there's a new market emerging. Sustainable goods hit $150 billion, with a growth rate two and a half times that of traditional goods. Consumer mindset and their spending is shifting from just good for me to good for me and good for the planet. Mm. But let's take a bit of a step back. I grew up as the seventh generation on a farm in Michigan where we've been practicing regenerative techniques, focusing on soil health for decades. But in 2015, my dad started to see these wildly fluctuating prices for the commodity crops that we'd been growing. So he began to raise alternative gluten-free grains like teff and buckwheat. And so we're pivoting from corn and soy, which have been the backbone of our farm for a long time, to these different grains. Now, I was living in Western Canada when my mom and dad pitched me this idea to come back to the farm and start something, and I mean anything, with these grains. Eventually, we came up with tefola, a boldly flavored granola celebrating these ancient grains grown on the farm. Now we're expanding into the snack category, projected to outperform granola revenue two to one by the end of next year. We've done the dirty and scrappy work to know that we're on to something big. And now we're raising $375,000 for the next stage of growth. Thank you. 
Can we try it? Yes. Yeah. So here are the bites. We have we're triple be- chocolate, oh, well. almond butter, oh mocha. Thank you. And so we're being, and so Thank do you. all of these have sugar in them? So they're just sweetened with just dates. And then the granola itself has maple mm-hmm. syrup in it. Thank you so much. And that's our only sweetener. Can you tell a little bit more about the different properties of teff? I've never heard of it before. So teff is originally from Ethiopia. So lots of protein, fiber, iron, and calcium. My favorite fun fact about teff is that Ethiopian women don't struggle with anemia during pregnancy because there's so much iron in it. Julian's initial question raises a, a point, which is, I know most people haven't tried teff and aren't familiar with it. Are you concerned that most consumers not being familiar with Teff will have a hard time getting comfortable buying a product called Teffola when there are lots of gluten-free granola alternatives available. Mm-hmm. So what we found, I've, I did more than 100 demos in the year of 2019, plus a lot of farmers markets. And so when I was educating people about what Teff was and the product, they were very interested in the farm and the story and the grain. But as time went on, I realized they're not buying the granola because of the teff itself. They're buying it because of the flavor, texture, nutrition, and then the farm story and what we're doing. And then like, oh, it's well, it's also a cool grain. But what was really clear to me and like what I possibly wish I had done a little bit differently before naming it Tefola was I didn't want to build a company around one ingredient because, you know, you see interest spike for that one ingredient and then it kind of peters away. Like if you think of goji berries or chia seeds, those insane spikes of interest and now no one's using goji berries. And like, so if I built my company around one ingredient, I wouldn't be comfortable with that. So we're building an ancient grains company, specifically gluten-free. Does that mean you have products with other names other than Tefola? Yep. We have the Tefola and Tefola Bites right now. These go into production in January. And then also next year, we're looking at our first savory product. It'll be like a salad topper. So chickpeas, pumpkin seeds, buckwheat, um, teff in a spiced mixture. That will be launched under our parent company name, which is Tanera Grains Products. And just to be clear, the farm and my company are separate. We're kind of like a spinoff. Can you talk about your unit economics? So our blended margin is 27% between direct-to-consumer, which is online and Amazon, and then our wholesale and distributor channels. And then our COGS per bag are about 435 What's your total current revenue? What percentage is from direct-to-consumer versus third-party retail? Year to date, we're at 70000 with 10000 in accounts receivable. So 40% to distributor, 30% direct to stores, and then direct to consumer is right around 30%. What stores are you in right now? So we are in a couple of fresh time stores. We're in um, more specialty independent stores. Some of our, our larger accounts would be Better Health in southeastern Michigan, Bushes. Those have 15, 16 locations each. We do really well in the independent specialty grocery stores, which is why we brought on Kehi, who's a national distributor. Mm-hmm. So we're in two of their warehouses in the Midwest. And COVID taught me a lot of things, but um, 80% of my business was wholesale mm-hmm. and then that tanked. And so we just needed to kind of even out our channels and be a bit more deliberate about who we're partnering with. At the consumer level, what have you learned about, you know, why people are hiring Tefola as opposed to other products? Flavor. We have a really complex flavor profile. 
It's not an oat-based granola. You're looking at almonds, walnuts, buckwheat. Yes, there are oats, teff. It's just, I don't like one note kind of products. Plus, there's more of this focus of the regenerative agriculture. I get to educate people about what that really means. The investors are really getting into the nuts and seeds of this pitch, starting with regenerative agriculture, which, if you don't know, is sustainable farming focused on long-term soil health. This sustainability angle is crucial to Claire's pitch for Tefola. And to drive home the point, she brought two jars of soil into the pitch room. One is dead potting soil. I'm calling it dead because it's been sitting on my patio for three years with nothing in it. And then the larger jar is dirt that I got from the farm. And there's worms in there. There's a whole microcosm of organisms that keep the soil healthy and replenish nutrients that the different grains need. So we are highlighting like all of our ingredients we want to source with those regenerative practices because it's better for the planet. Can you just talk a little bit about what products you see as your primary competition and how you're differentiating? In the granola space, it would be purely Elizabeth. So she has a clean ingredient label. Some of her products are gluten-free or grain-free. In the snack bites, our competitor would be Made Good. And they have Mm -hmm. a huge, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Made Good, but they have a really bigger lineup. And I would say they have a good ingredient label, but I don't see brands really committing to this regenerative agriculture, which is different than organic. Doesn't your ideal customer, in addition to regenerative farming practices, don't you think that they also want to see organic products? I think customers are learning the difference between organic and regenerative. You can be an organic farmer and plant the same crops year after year after year, and that is stripping the soil. Just because you're organic doesn't mean you're focused on soil health. Mm. We would be organic if we could make sure that our entire supply chain was practicing regenerative techniques, and not all organic farmers can say that. So first and foremost to me is regenerative techniques, and all of our ingredients are non-GMO. But our ideal customer wants to see that we care about our product. And so since there isn't a regenerative ag certification, it's talking to consumers about that, educating them on the website, working with our packaging. That's how we would communicate that. So is, you- is that your differentiation in that, that focus on regenerative agriculture? So How do you if- market that? Yeah, I mean, I was going to well, say, your packaging doesn't really reflect yeah, it doesn't yell that, that, a little bit on the know. back, but the front of the package doesn't really reflect that that's your focus. When you're competing mm-hmm. on the shelf mm-hmm. against lots of different brands, and they're looking not so much at the back but, of the package, yeah, but the all. front, it's and what, I would be, you should be shouting, regenerative agriculture, okay. ancient I, grains, I, and I, also I, look at the tiny gluten-free. I know. That should be much. I, I mean, on the top, I would put ancient Ethiopian grain. and I'd be So like, we have Ooh. Michigan-grown teff right on the front. It's in the but, center no, of the back. I, I think it's, it's too small. I very much think about marketing first. And yes. in this space, you know, the branding and how that comes across is really, really important. Yes. I would actually do a full just re-brand, re-brand because these are your selling points. And you need to be able to capture that attention in two seconds, not in 20 seconds, two seconds. 
So there's our opinions up here, but I'm curious to know, have you spent time with the people who've actually purchased your product to understand what's drawing them in? Is it yeah. what we're talking about or is it something else? Um, so they're drawn in by the low sugar. So okay. we're three or four grams per sugar of sugar per serving. Absolutely. Oh, nothing better, here. Yeah. So it's on the front. It's just not big enough. Oh, and oh, that should be that, that right yeah. there. So this teeny Bottom weeny left. little thing. Yeah. I got it. Okay. You're talking about less sugar, healthy soil, ancient Ethiopian grains. Like if you had that all here, I'd be like, whoo, okay. Now you've got me. Now this is fascinating. You have it. You're not showing it. Claire's got it, but her packaging does not. Can she dig herself out of this one? That's coming up after a snack-sized ad break. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on the show, and one thread that connects them all, they're not just pitching their business, they're pitching themselves. Because small business owners know that their business is more than just a company. It's their whole life. And State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, and they know what it takes. They can help you choose personalized policies that fit your budget. That's the personal touch. That's small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back to The Pitch Room. Claire Smith is pitching her Teff-based snack bites and granola. The investors don't love the packaging, but they're intrigued by the product. And if Claire can show a solid plan to get her product into more people's hands, that could turn around this pitch. Here's Phil. To me, this product just lends itself so well to direct-to-consumer. And you mentioned that during COVID, you realized that you needed to diversify your distribution channels and start moving more to direct to consumer. Mm -hmm. Have you seen more traction there than via retail? Yeah, I think the direct to consumer um, has been better for us. We entered into a Google study where they are paying for, you know, $30,000 worth of ads and running the campaigns. And that massive amount of traffic to the website, we've seen, you know, 3% conversion rates. And that's been very eye-opening for me because I never had the money beforehand to do any sort of digital ad. And if I can be super honest, it's been pretty much just me this yeah. entire um, well, five years. Well, kudos to you yeah. then, because yeah. you've, you've done a lot by yourself. Yeah. yeah, We've done a lot, and we did a friends and family round last year, and that's when I really saw, wow, money really can make things happen. I can see a future for sure where 50% of our revenue is coming from direct-to-consumer because we set up a subscription model. And so people can order this on subscription and that sticky revenue has been amazing. It was 20% of our revenue last year. Can I interject on this point though? So I've done a few food investments and actually direct-to-consumer is good for getting started and getting data. It's good for you to be able to then take this data and go to Whole Foods and say, mm -hmm. look, this is your audience and th these are the numbers I'm doing. But from a scale perspective, you have to be able to win in stores. Yeah. And so I think to this point of the packaging and all that, even though on, you may be able to sell it on your website, you have to be able to sell that messaging on the package. Right. 
And so I actually would think more about what do I need to do in D2C to be able to win in stores rather than can I get the most volume in D2C? Because I've just seen that the scale comes from stores yeah. still. And if I can I just think- say our velocity, we've checked velocity of our SKUs on like a local level and our velocity is higher than comparatively priced products. So why we're moving into the snack category is because there's much higher velocity on snacks, and these will be in single-serving pouches. And so that way we open up so many more points of distribution. We're talking to Meyer gas stations. We're talking to vending machine operators. There's just so much more potential Mm -hmm. there with a snack bite that is just portable and more on the go than a granola. And I've sat in stores and watched people buy granola. I've spent hours in grocery stores watching people buy granola and oh, asking we them all? why. Good time. I've sat in some yeah. grocery stores. My husband loves granola. And I've sat there literally looking at the ingredients, looking at the packaging. But you have got to front load on the front of the package these points. And I'm going to tell you, my gut says you'd see a giant lift. So I am out. Thank yeah. you. Well, and Claire, Claire, what I'll, I'll say is I, I'm out for now. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to believe in you. You're, you have wonderful stage presence. You're clearly like onto something and doing something really interesting and novel. I, I would want to be sold more on the long-term vision and your ability to ship product in the store. Yeah. yeah. So I'm an investor in a company that makes um, crackers where the inputs are all regenerative. And this is mostly just a marketing exercise. They have basically a single vector message, which is we make crackers grown with regenerative practices. And the thing that was surprising to me is there is an emerging consumer who's very, very focused on that one mm-hmm. single vector of regenerative. Because it's very easy to explain to people why it's a big deal. Yeah. Like, do you want to strip all the nutrients out of soil and never be able to grow anything ever again? Or do you want sustainable practices? Okay. Yeah. And just in listening to you, the regenerative is the thing you keep coming back to. So I, I wouldn't, I, I'm out just because. We've done a handful of food businesses, including that one. Ironically, that company also has a software arm that helps food manufacturers roll out regenerative practices through their supply chain. Yeah, and okay. turns out that's an easier business to scale than the, the crackers. But the crackers have done quite well mm-hmm. as a product. So I, I think the missing ingredient here is a retail marketer and someone who can really help you kind of figure out, like, what's the one thing you want mm-hmm. the company to be known for? And if it's helpful to put you in touch with our cracker company, I'm happy to do that. Yeah, thank you. I think you are a wonderful brand evangelist. I mean, this is obviously something you're very passionate about. I like what you're doing. It's too early at this stage mm-hmm. for us to invest. So I'm I'm going to pass. But I also encourage you to continue on the journey and learn what you can from your consumers and then focus on in the packaging to really differentiate at retail. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm really impressed by all that you've done as basically one person. Yeah. But I think for me, like the marketing is really, really important. Having seen, you know, a number of companies uh, fail in food and beverage because of, you know, branding issues or whatnot, you really have to be able to rise above the noise in visually Mm -hmm. in the store. And that is the way to win. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yep. So if you don't mind, I'm actually going to keep this and have my husband try it. No, you gotta buy it, Jillian. You gotta buy it. No, you don't. Or I'll buy it. Or even just a little sample. Because, yeah, I can even have little ones because he's a granola guy. Thank you. Thank Thank you you very much, Claire. Thank you, Great job. That's awesome. 
This kind of thing kills me. She has worked so hard. She's transformed her entire farm. She has done everything right. And that last piece is the one that nobody told her, nobody explained to her. And she's a one-woman show. It's she's hard to be good show. at everything. Truthfully. So she's getting there. She'll, she'll figure it out. You know, the thing that kills me as an over, overall broader point is I feel like the entrepreneurs in this space who are really good at food and beverage tend not to do as well as the entrepreneurs who come into it as like performance marketers. I know. It's a niche product for now that ha- will have a niche audience until if she's able to transform the product or the packaging to really stand out in some way. Uh, until then, it's going to remain a niche product. I, I was fascinated, Charles, by your point, which is actually I didn't realize that this is a, it's a early. category it's, it's that's... It's very but early. But people, like there's an audience of people who really understand the long-term impact of regenerative farming and they're looking for these products yes you just have to, and if you put up a flag and say we're one of it's like in yeah. the early days of organic yeah yes the person who runs that company is a terrific marketer yeah like terrific marketer. this is a marketing this business. Is a marketing you have business. to be you have to be good at marketing or have someone who is yeah i mean she's pre-seed yeah so she's trying to figure that out yeah. she's seed. ancient ancient seed ancient, ancient yeah. she's ancient pre-grain pre-grain yeah. yeah she's pre-grain she's ancient, ancient seed <laughs> That's actually really funny. <laughs> so I would actually like to, in a first for the show, introduce the one and only granola guy. Rob? Yeah. Luckily for us, Rob Chestnut, certified granola connoisseur and famously Jillian's husband, happened to be listening in in the control room. So I invited him in to do a Tefola taste test. Granola guy. Drum roll, please. I was going to yeah. get the chocolate. Yep, he's already two bites in. No, this is good. Is it good? Oh, really? Different it good? Is. You know what? I like the fact that it's not crazy different. In other words, if you if you like granola, no, yeah. you would like this. It's a little bit different. It has no cholesterol. Right. Uh, and, and the sugar is <laughs> 12 grams. grams. It's a good snack, though. I could see this being in the... Yeah, I, I would know eat you're going to pop that little, into your suitcase. Yeah. Um, I think it's got a nice flavor. Actually, yeah? I'm, oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. Would you describe it as Tefalicious? <laughs> Are you interest, can I interest you in a marketing job? Yeah. It wouldn't be, uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a marketer, so that, that word didn't occur. Well, I think our company only goes up from here now that she's granola guy approved. That's right. right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, social media, I can put this out. We'll put your face in his face. I'm thinking it's like a Newman, it's a Newman's own kind of thing. Endorses. That's right. He's the face of Tefola. It's going to the face of granola now. Yeah. 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 You're, you're my Tefola man. Yeah. 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 Uh-oh. 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 I don't know where this is going. <laughs> Cut. All right. We're done. That's yeah. a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A few months later, we called up Claire to see how the rebrand was going. But as it turns out, branding was the least of her concerns. She says, you're out of money, Claire. What are you going to do? That's coming up right after this. Welcome back. It had been two months since we'd seen Claire last, so we called her up to see how things were going. By the way, I got a little heated, so there's some language in the rest of this episode. My bad. I'm curious, what was your experience like pitching the investors in the room? I really enjoyed it. I felt like I went in and I was really happy with 
how I did. Ultimately, like we weren't a great fit with the investors in there. And that's, that's okay. Yeah. I also did have like, I legitimately had a lot of fun in there. And that's good to hear. I think it was just a good, a good experience. So there was a moment in the room when Elizabeth suggested that you guys just start from scratch and do a rebrand on the product. Do you think that was right? And is that something you're going to do? I mean, we've heard a lot from consumers that they really like our packaging. And so what we did was we highlighted the low sugar. So we moved that to the very top of the bag. Okay. We added regeneratively ground ancient grains to be somewhere on the package. Once I could swallow my pride a little bit and look at things objectively, not from a place of like (laughs) high emotions, um, they were right. And I think it looks great now. The tweaks, they look, they look really good. Yeah. Love it. So you're you're trying to raise $375,000. How is the overall progress on the round? Have you gotten any commitments, any money in the bank? We've gotten commitments from some angels, but money in the bank has not been there. Okay. The past two weeks have been honestly pretty rough. We had a, a tough VC call. I thought it was a call of like, all right, let's, let's get going. And it very quickly turned into a call of, we don't have any gunpowder and we require that you have six months of runway, none of which they had cared to mention before. Wait, so you thought you were going to potentially close investment in this meeting and then you found out they didn't have any money to deploy and you needed to be in a very different place in the business for them to invest. Yeah, and maybe I didn't expect to close them, but I expected her to be like, okay, great, yes, you've met our concerns because I've been talking to them for six, seven months now and they would say, here are concerns and then I would go and fix that, tweak the pitch, fix my numbers. So they dragged you along. Yeah. And so you get into a meeting and they're like, oh, so like we're hoping to close on the fund, you know, in June. Man, fuck that shit. That <laughs> pisses me off, Claire. That's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, that was the worst 30 minutes of my life. Because <laughs> I really thought we would be like pushed along to, all right, let's get into due diligence. Yeah. And then she was like, okay, so where are you? Cash in the bank, all these sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And then she says, you're out of money, Claire. What are you going to (laughs) do? And I'm like, (laughs) don't cry on the Zoom call. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, that was, it was really shitty. It was super shitty. And like, I don't know if like I can say, but we're looking at more creative options for a way we can continue to exist in a way that maybe didn't always look like the way I thought it would. Hmm. You can't, you can't name what any of those are. I mean, I like acquisition. (laughs) Like, is that what we're talking uh, about? here? That wouldn't, that might be on the table. I mean, I can't confirm or deny, (laughs) you know, if the whole goal and the whole point of my company is to bring regenerative agriculture to people, to consumers and really delicious snacks, then there are a lot of different ways that that can happen where, you know, Tefola continues to exist. Yeah, that could obviously be very impactful for the brand and help you still accomplish the mission, depending on who it is. So I am very eager to hear how said or not said acquisition talks. (laughs) 
trust me, I am quite literally checking my phone and my email constantly. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Even more than normal. <laughs> Even more. I'm curious, like, what your just feelings have been wading into this crazy market, into pitching VCs. Like, has it been what you expected going into it? The amount of rejection you get, you can't prepare for unless you're, you've been dating, like, first-time <laughs> dates for, like, five years straight, you know? Like, <laughs> it's funny how resilient you get, but I think what's really important for founders to know is that you can't just be resilient. You have to be anti-fragile. You have to come back from a stressful event or a hard event. You have to come back stronger. You can't just go back to the equilibrium. You have to come back better than you were before. The fragile response is you just break, like hammer tapping glass, you're just gonna break. The resilient response is like a rubber band. You stretch it and then it just goes back to the way it was before. Uh -huh. And then the anti-fragile response is like a muscle. So you break it down and then it comes back stronger. What we're doing is the anti-fragile response. To be a successful startup founder, you really have to become anti-fragile. There's no other choice. As soon as we hear any new updates from Claire about that maybe an acquisition, but who's to say situation, we'll let you know in our newsletter. You can subscribe at pitch.show slash insider. Until then, if you'd like to try Claire's Granola Guy approved granola and their new snack bites, go to pitch.show slash granola. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. The pitch is me, Josh Muccio, Lisa Muccio, Carrie Ann Thomas, Anna Ladd, and Enoch Kim. Music in today's show is from The Muse Maker, Breakmaster Cylinder, and New Body Electric. You think you're ready to pitch the investors on our show? Applications are now open for our next recording event. It's this June in sunny San Diego, California. For more info and to apply, go to pitch.show slash apply. We are on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The Pitch Show. Follow us all those places, and especially TikTok, so we can hit a thousand subscribers and put our link in the bio. Thank you very much. And if you want more of The Pitch, subscribe to Pitch Plus. You'll get ad-free listening to the entire catalog and occasional bonus content. Plus, it's a really good way to support the show. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just go to pitch.show slash plus to learn more. The Pitch is made in partnership with the Vox Media Podcast Network. Next week on The Pitch... 
Can you explain your valuation? Sure. It's really frothy. There's no way we're going lower in valuation. If I had my way, we're building a $10 billion company. I would, I would raise a $100 million valuation right now. That's kind of sexy. Go make the money, honey. Well, I'd say that speaks for itself. See you next Wednesday. The Pitch, Inc. and their respective employees and affiliates do not provide investment advice or make investment recommendations. The information provided on this show should not be used as the basis for making investment decisions. Listeners should conduct their own research and consult with their own investment advisors before making any investment decisions. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.